0: Michael Myers is a human being who killed his sister when he was 6 years old. Help me! Michael? He's here. You're listening to Halloween Unleashed.
1: This is Halloween Unleashed, and I am your host, Chris Morgan, and we are finally here the DB2 episode, and I got a co-host today to bounce things off of that did all the research, put all this this together to help me out. Um, It's my good friend and yours, Mr. Brandon Zachman. Brandon, how are you?
0: Uh, Not much, man. How about you?
1: I'm doing all right, you know. I I understand that uh, that you're a little under the weather.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a case of walking pneumonia. I hate the winter. Jesus.
1: Now, are are you on any type of antibiotics for that, or you know, is it something? I mean, I don't know anything about pneumonia. I've never had it. Don't know anybody that that, that ever has.
0: So, No, uh, they pretty much uh, they give you a Z pack and uh, kind of tell you to take it easy and just rest for like a week straight. So you don't, you know, strain yourself. They also give you this, uh, this thing to breathe into, to like force everything out of your lungs. It's uh, i I'll spare you the details, but yeah, it's pretty exhausting.
1: Jeez. Now is that, is that contagious to anybody else in your household or?
0: It is. It's, uh, it's apparently like very contagious, but luckily my wife hasn't gotten it. So uh, hopefully it stays that way.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll definitely be, uh, be thinking of you guys and, uh, keep me, Keep keep me up to speed on how, how everybody's feeling in the Zachman household.
0: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: All right, man. Um so uh you were you were an avid listener to the previous podcast. You've been in the hobby for quite a while, and now you are on listening to this podcast. Now, obviously you're a guest host this week. Um tell us a little bit about um your history in the hobby, how you got into it, what was your first interaction, and then, um, you know, comments on the new show over the last show and all that good stuff.
0: Well, uh, I actually got my first mask back when I was four years old. Um, the uh, I got the mask. Uh, that was my first ever mask in the hobby, first ever Myers mask. Um, it was funny cause I actually made my mom return it and buy it every year. Cause after Halloween, I couldn't sleep with it in my room. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've collected masks ever since, um, pretty much everything, uh, from, you know, all the classic horror franchises. Um, I really started getting into, uh, the indie scene, uh, you know, probably about four years. Um, and, uh, my first mask was actually, a, a, just a old mold 75 K Uh, for like, as far as expensive masks though, cause you know, you couldn't really, uh, couldn't really delve into that as a kid. Um, right. I needed a big boy job to be able to (laughs) support that hobby. Uh, now, you know, my, my hobbies kind of, my, uh, my collections kind of ebbed and flowed as I figure out exactly what I like, what I don't like. Um, I've owned a ton of the top, uh, you know, some of the quote unquote top molds and masks or whatever, but, uh, yeah, I've been a been a diehard Halloween fan. It's always been my my passion as far as horror goes since I was three years old, and uh, um, I'm definitely a big fan of the the podcast. I listened to the old show. Um, I love the the idea behind the new uh, Halloween Unleashed, really uniting the fan base, not just as far as like a, a mask collectors uh, hobby. Because obviously, I was a fan of the movies before I ever was a fan of the mask. So that really had me excited, really focusing a lot more on the movies and really getting into topics like that. That could really, uh, that could really be exciting for everyone. Even like the most basic Halloween fans that just kind of even have, you know, they've only seen a few of the original movies, maybe found the new movie, uh, exciting and wanted to kind of learn a little bit. And I think it's really, uh, it's good to include that for, you know, all the fan base.
1: Yeah, man, it's, uh, it's one of the things that uh, I've been very, very passionate about. Like, you know, just talking, uh, you know, and what actually sparked this, which I've, you know, this is no secret. You know, you you listen to the show, so obviously you know. But, um, you know, those eight weeks leading up to the release of the film, you know, doing a podcast on a new subject every week. It was honestly, like I, like I said, I was seeing record numbers uh, that I hadn't seen um, in a long time. And we were still a year and a half in trying to find our footing and what we wanted it to be. And then Kevin had stepped out and, you know, uh, the rest is history type thing. But it really like, I was like, okay, I'm kind of at a point where I really, I mean, obviously I have a lot of knowledge from a collector standpoint and, and, and from a mass maker standpoint and the processes and different things, uh, over the last 20 years, but the one thing that I was like, you know, if I just only talk about this stuff, that's going to only attract the same people that were listening before. So now yeah, that exactly. I'm now that I'm talking about the movie, like the new movie, and getting everybody excited, um, which Matt Reed helped out a lot with that, with uh, with the giveaway that he did, he brought new people into, into the show. And he was very heavy and the promotion of that, uh, which I thought really helped out went, went hand in hand. But you know, you, you introduced a, a fan base of the movie into the world that you and I have been in for, for, for several years. And there's a lot of people like you, like growing up that only knew the mass production scene that didn't know anything about this stuff. And, um, at least what I want to do is I want to provide an like an entertaining show, but at the same time, I want to be able to uh, grow a fan base into the world that we all love, and that is uh, that is collecting latex or making latex in my mm-hmm. case yeah so uh, but yeah um. What have you thought about like like the throwback, uh, the first throwback uh, Thursday, and now you know uh, it's it's been decided we're we're doing the, you know the the next throwback will be the ninety eight ninety nine Don Post Kirk. Uh,
0: well, I I listened to the throwback Thursday, I I, I enjoyed it. I like the idea, the concept to really um you know still use a lot of that old content. But uh, I know one thing that I was confused about, and maybe some other people um was exactly what mask was sent in i know um a lot of us thought that it might have been the jtk because that was used in the jamie lee curtis shoot or whatever um could, could you just clarify what exactly the, the the mask that you sent in for consideration was
1: yeah man uh no, no problem yeah i've I've actually i've gotten that question a few times uh, this week most uh notably this morning so um you know, I'm going to just going to put you all in the same bag. Y- y'all are a bunch of dumb asses, you know, <laughs> and I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but, but, but apparently I, you know, I wasn't very clear. I thought it was clear. This is why sometimes I say I get myself in, into trouble because I don't articulate things exactly the way they should. But um, no, what, what had happened was um, back in 2012, when I was going to release the mayhem H six mask, um, I had reached out to Daniel Farrens to do a signature series stamp because there was already a George Wilbur. There was already all these other things. And I was like, you know, I I'm, I'm obviously not going to try to recreate that because that would just be going and dipping in someone else's well. But you know, mm-hmm. I've always, I've always heard really good stories about Dan Farrens being really cool with, uh, with people who were very supportive of the film. He was very active in trying to get the producers cut, put out there and he succeeded. But uh, I just reached out on a whim and just threw it out there and said, Hey man, how much, how much would you charge me for me to do a limited run with your signature on the back of this mask that, uh, that I want to highlight your contribution to the film. You've always been a really big, big advocate for it and he was he was taken back and uh we talked several times trying to work things out and he had added me as a friend on Facebook at the time and started to check out some of my work and he's like man uh this sculpt looks really really good and this was when i was still in the sculpting process of the JTK and he said uh what are you going to do with the first two copies when that comes out? And I said, honestly, I don't know. Maybe I'll keep it for myself. I have no idea. He said, well, I tell you what, um, I'm, I'm not going to charge you a thing. Um, you do whatever you want to do, but let's keep it. Let's keep the number to 10. And he goes, if you just shoot me, uh, the proto H one and proto H two, because I've always wanted one of each. He said, uh, I'll be, I'll be a happy man. And then um, he had brought up potentially showing that off to Malik Akkad after he got him. Like he was blown away, and he talked about uh, he he meets with Malik pretty pretty regularly. Um, do you mind if I take these and show them and and throw your name your your way? Maybe he can help get you on a mass production deal, or maybe he can. Uh, bring you into one of the movies or something, you know, and I was just like, eh, you know, I was really hesitant about introducing him to the independent scene because I didn't know how much he knew or anything. And and, and Dan's like, look, man, he's cool. He's he's all right. I said, actually, I would really prefer if you didn't do it. So um, (laughs) I was very against it. And then what ended up happening was uh, is Dan – Went to lunch with Malik. Took took an H one. Took the H one JTK to him, and said, "Hey, I ju- I just wanted to give you this and see what you thought." And he goes, "Oh my God!" Apparently, he his eyes lit up. He's like, "Where did you get this?" And he's like, "Well, um, the artist what doesn't really want to be named. He just kind of wants to be left in the shadows." And you know, he sent this to me as a gift. You know, just really just really looked after me and Malik's like, no, this is the most accurate thing I've ever seen. And he said, um, I really want to get in touch with him because I may want to do something with him at some point. So Dan reached out to me. He actually asked for my phone number. Didn't do it in writing. Glad he didn't. And he called me up and graciously was just putting me over and, you know told me what Malik wanted to do. And he's like, you know, Malik wants to talk with you. Can I give him your phone number? And, um, I said, sure. So I gave him my phone number. He passed it along. And next thing I know, I'm getting a call from, um, uh, the executive producer of the franchise. And I'm going, holy shit, you know? <laughs> and, um, you know, he, he was very, very complimentary, uh, asked if he could take it. Cause he does, he does go to, a lot of conventions and stuff is wanting to know if he could display it there. And I was like, by all means. Um, but then, you know, like if you Google, uh, Malika cod and you look at some of the pictures at some of these press events that he's gone to, uh, Dean Cundy's in one of the shots, you know, obviously Malik's in several of the shots, but in the background is the JTK on a mannequin. Um, and it's, pretty cool to see all these press shots with the J with something that I was part of help create is in the background. So fast forward um, when we all heard that Marcus Dunstan was going to be tied to the new Halloween. Um, basically that those talks ramped up and Dan, Dan Farrens went to, Went to bat with me. He's really tight with Marcus Dunstan. I talked several, several conversations with him. Malik and I got back in uh, in touch, and then they said, "Well, since you've already created this and people have seen it, we want to create something new and something that can kind of give us the original look, but also since this is going to be a sequel to H two, maybe going an H two route. But we're we're planning on doing some sort of a flashback scene, so we got to have a seventy eight version." but something that we can still use to morph into the the post-Halloween 2. So what I ended up doing was is I created, um, I sent them a picture for, you know, this was like how I got the job is I took a picture of my, v, my burnt V75 from H35 and sent them a picture of that of a behind-the-scenes uh, shot, and they said, that's the, that's the mask we want. So, I immediately went to, went to town sculpting a new piece. And by the time I was 75% of the way done, um, the project had been canned, you know, because um, it was ha- going to be Halloween returns, uh, Marcus Dunstan, all this stu- stuff. But before you know it, the whole project was scrapped, and we were back to square one with no news in 2015. So,. Um, Dan's like, "Oh, I'm really sorry to hear that. You know, why don't you go ahead and finish up your your um your sculpt and, you know, sell off a few. You know, get get paid get paid for something that you've never got a chance to partake in." So, that was really I thought that that was going to be the end of it. You know, I, that was it. Um uh, what that sculpt ended up being was the one which you've seen several pictures of. Mm-hmm. But yep. uh fast forward um I sent Dan a copy of it because, you know, he had given away his H1, <laughs> obviously. And uh, <laughs> so I replaced it with the one. And um, this is when I can't remember his name. <sighs> Douglas Little. You remember him that he was tied mm-hmm. to that he was going to play the shape for a little while? Uh, him yeah. and. Him and Dan hang out together all the time and they went to um a Halloween party with Douglas Little dressed in the one in October of 2016. Um this was just announced like right around that time that John Carpenter was going to come back um and they were going to do a new Halloween. Well, Douglas Little was still peti- petitioning himself to play the shape. So he and Dan went to Malik's um, Halloween party with Douglas little dressed in that mask. And once again, Malik started jaw drop. Where did you get it? And Dan's like, it's that guy, Chris, that, you know, you have, (laughs) you know, and so Dan again really went to bat for me. So um, over the course of the next several months, You know, nobody knew what direction they were going. They were still developing things. Everything was very tight lipped. So but when uh, things really got uh, hot was in the fall of 2017 when they were going to start shooting up in South Carolina. I think they were scheduled to do it starting Halloween day and that got delayed. That was when I was going to go up there and meet with them but uh, Malik and I had talked several times on the phone, but, um, because I hadn't, um, made a new mold, I was, I was working a full-time job. I was all over the place. Um, was about to become a dad again. I didn't really, I mean, you talk about, I, you know, I say a lot of time. I don't have a lot of time. Two years ago, I really did not have a lot of time. Um, besides we were in the process of of selling the house and so a lot of my stuff was getting um, boxed up so I had to bring out all my molds, make a new master all this other stuff so it was going to take me a while to get him um, what I needed so um, fast forward we moved into our house talks had cooled off a lot of my stuff for that that project was still packed away and I didn't know where a lot of it was so um, when talks got hot and heavy again, I had to go find a lot of that. I didn't have a whole lot of time to get him stuff. So I was like, Well, what do you want? He goes, just do up a seventy eight version for now and when you get that done, send it to me because there's a a promo shoot I I want to use it for and can you have it to me by next week? And I said, I gotta find him, Alec. I gotta go I gotta go to my storage unit and I gotta open up stuff. It could be buried here in my garage. I said, we literally just moved into our house just a few months ago. And he's like, yeah, no problem. Um, he, and then he, he contacted me again. He said, what do you think of me using the one that you the one, the, this mask that Dan gave me several years ago and for a promo shoot. And I said, well, what is it? (laughs) You know? Uh, and he goes, I will call you. And I, I know that that's code of he didn't want to put it in writing in case it leaked. So um, he called me up and told me all about that it was going to be a shoot announcing Jamie Lee Curtis and all this other stuff. And just that week, uh, we were having a hurricane coming through our, our, um, our city. So I said, yeah, there's a hurricane about to hit here, so I'm really not going to get to this until um, sometime next week. And so he said, okay, well, I want to put this announcement out like now. So um, I'll just use this for now. When you get it done, ship it to me and we'll just kind of take it from there. So they did the two shoots with her. Um, One dropped a couple days before the actual hurricane hit. Um, And then um i ended up getting that mask out to them on october 11th i'll never forget it because i i made a post and said hey i've done my part now you go do yours and it was a picture of the mask that i was sh- that was boxing up and shipping out um i got the the confirmation that he signed for it and he had it and then he called me and we we got to talking and uh john loved it he loved it Um, the new guys were, were tied to their buddies, you know, it's a, it's a buddy business, but I'm rambling on and on going out in the woods, but long story short, no, I sent them the one, which is, if you go on my Facebook page, there's several pictures of it. So
0: yeah, I've, uh, I've seen the mask. It's, it's a gorgeous sculpt, but at least, you know, politics or politics that's everything but at least you know you got that validation that you know John Carpenter and Malika Kott love your piece That's I mean that's got to be like unbelievable as a fan yourself
1: yeah I mean to to say I'm disappointed that I didn't get the gig uh, would be an understatement but to really put things into full context I'm like wow i I was pretty damn close. At least I was in the, yeah. co- at least I was in the conversation and I, I'm yeah. not, I'm not going to get onto the negative side of the politics, but when we saw who else was involved from a mass production standpoint, um, I looked at it and said, okay, even if I was hired to do it and I was attached and all this stuff, by the time it got to that point with that company, um, things would have fell apart because I wouldn't have worked with them and they wouldn't have worked with me. It just, would, it just, wouldn't, have, just wouldn't have worked. Um, yeah. And from everything I understood, and I'm not going to name names, I mean, I have a lot of contacts at this point because of that opportunity, but, and I don't want to put them on the spot and possibly get them fired from, from, from anything. But one of, the, one of the stories that was shared with me was the reason I didn't get that job was because of the politics from the company <laughs> that we all know. Mm-hmm. Not not the president of the company, but uh, <laughs> another artist within the company. We'll leave it there. Yeah. So, that's the story.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, thanks for clarifying for that, because I know I was a little... Uh i wasn't the only one but there were several of us that were confused but now i think you uh you laid it out there pretty good
1: well what we'll do is before we get into our discussion and topic of the day which is the db2 we will break for a music break and then we'll come back this is
0: the halloween unleashed podcast
1: Back and um, so yeah, Brandon. This is this is the part of the show now since you know I, I have a co-host. I just got done <laughs> uh, having a second Throwback Thursday, <laughs> basically <laughs> talking about the one. Um, this is where I'm going to throw it over to you from a collector standpoint. Um, we we're going back to the poll system. People voted um, initially. They wanted to do the 75k. Um, And I stated I would not touch that topic with a 10 foot pole because I don't want to get into (laughs) controversies and I don't want my inbox blown up by anyone angry about things I've said that I had to be honest about. But um, I took that off the pole and, you know, the next runner up was the DB2. And so um, you did a lot of the a lot of the backstory. You did a lot of research and things that you could find. Um, And... I can help fill in some of the gaps and stuff, and uh, but this is the part where I'm going to hand it over to you and just kind of let you, from a collector's standpoint, kind of bring everybody up to speed and why we're here today. All
0: right. Well, uh, the DB2, um, it was sculpted by Dennis Beckstrom, for you know anyone not familiar. He worked for Don Post Studios for a really long time, so he, he developed this obsession to create the ultimate you know, Myers replica. He, he had source material that nobody had. And over two and a half years, he used uh, reference photos that he had. He had reference photos from Dom post studios. So this is, this is stuff that up to this point, really nobody had had to really work from. And um, so it was made a really limited run. Um, I believe there's only eight masks made that were encased, numbered. And uh, he included a little um, calling card, almost description of, you know, what he really put into the mask, the passion that he put into it and uh, kind of described the exhaustive process that went into it. Um, I know that he said that after he made the DB2, he brought it to uh, uh, some kind of mask gathering of mass collectors and um, that he brought it to Bill Malone, who, for those who don't know, he sculpted the original 75 Kirk. So, you know, the the mask that all of us collectors and everyone obsesses about to accuracy, if anyone knows it, it's this guy because he created it. And he actually was quoted as saying that it was dead on and that, you know, even uh, Rob Tharp, who also worked on the masks, and um, I know he was involved with uh, Halloween Two with the mask, and um, they both said that, you know, this is how they should have looked leaving the shop. So uh, I know that, you know, if there's anyone that's a credible source to speak on that, it's gotta be bill Malone. Um, which is why this mask is one of the biggest, you know, grail pieces in the hobby. I believe. Let
1: me, let me stop you there and just kind of add something in because, um, a lot of people want to know, um, you know, bill Malone, did he sculpt it from scratch and all that stuff. And bill Malone's tried a couple other times to, but he caught literally caught lightning in a bottle. Um, but, uh, The reason why there's so many Shatner life cast sculpts out there is because the original 75 Kirk that Bill Malone did in under a day was off. It started from the Shatner life cast. So I don't know Mm -hmm. how many people knew that or wanted to know that, but I just figured I would add that in.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's definitely pertinent information. That's why most people who sculpt Myers mask today usually start off with the life cast.
1: Hmm. And to to be honest with you, I think a lot of people they they change them a little too much, um, and it starts to look a little a little wonky. Which um, my V seventy five is a perfect example. It started from the Shatner life cast, and then four different sculptors later, it looked nothing like the life cast by the time it was done.
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah, so so uh, the the mask was actually almost used. In uh in the Rob Zombie uh remakes um the D B two. Yeah, actually he uh he had, he wouldn't show photos of it because it was in consideration for the film, but uh ended up not actually not it obviously didn't work out.
1: Damn, that would have been cool. That's that's a piece of information that I didn't know. where, where did you happen to find that? do, do you know?
0: No, I found a, a quote from an interview that he did about it, um and uh he mentioned that that's why he wouldn't show photos of the db2 before uh before you know he he dropped it because a friend of his was doing work with Rob Zombie and um so they gave him a a, a copy of the db2 as a present to Rob Zombie so that he could uh, and and apparently it was considered for the film but obviously they went in a different direction
1: wow that's very very interesting yeah, he he had actually he had tried um doing a DB1 for 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 those of you like that are listening, I mean a lot of people don't know what DB2 or DB1 stands for. It's simply it's his initials Dennis Beckstrom. Dennis Beckstrom. Uh but he tried a DB1 which was a straight Myers sculpt from the life cast and um not real good <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, not a lot of information, not a lot of pictures of it out there, but, uh, that came out several years beforehand. I know before I left, uh, the hobby, but, uh, but yeah, he, um, he tried that and, um, released it as a straight Myers and wasn't real good. And then the DB two was just what he named it and decided to start with a proper, um, Myers mask, and that is recreating um, a 75 Kirk, and having it converted, which is what they did for the film. So, yeah, that's the story on the DB1 and the DB2. Now, I got a, I got a nugget here, a bombshell. I'm going to drop that. I'm telling this story for the first time. Wow. Nobody, nobody knows this story. There was almost... You a got DB- my attention. <laughs> yeah, there was almost a DB3. Really? Yeah. When WMP was hot and heavy <sighs> and wanting to come up with the ultimate Kirk, um, Dennis Beckstrom actually had joined our message board about the time the Night Stalker was shut down. And I almost stop the JTK and the V75 for what I'm about to tell you. Um, Dennis, um, that's back when we had a very private message board that you had to, you know, you had to uh, summon the invisible swordsman, fire three shots in the air, three amigos style, (laughs) to get into our board, because we had a lot of snakes trying to get in. (coughs) Kaizu. But uh, anyway, (laughs) anyway, Dennis had wrote this really long entrance um, email to my wife to explain who he was and why he was trying to join the board. And I was like, "Holy shit!" You know, I I said to my wife, "I said, yeah, it's Dennis Beckstrom. Let him in." You know, and <laughs> I imme- uh, I immediately ended up with a PM from him that he said, hey, really been watching your work. You're doing really good stuff. Uh, it was really hard to get in this place, but you know, thanks, thanks to you guys for accepting me. Um, I reached out back to him and I said, hey, I would like to possibly talk to you about sculpting something for us. Um, can, can we talk? And he said, yeah, immediately gave me his phone number. Um, I, I called him. And kind of told him what I was looking for. I was in the in the process to find the perfect Kirk. And, you know, DB2 had always been uh, highly regarded as the best. Um, and I knew it took him two years. But, you know, would it take him two years to sculpt this? If that's the case, I'll just continue with my plans here. If it's going to take a couple of months or whatever it is... um. You know, bottom line is, he said, you know, no, I took it It, it took me two years because, um, you know, I was working on it off and on. I had several other projects going, but, you know, for you to hire me, he goes, I'd be working solely for you. So I would basically work on a timetable. I would need at least 90 days to complete, um, maybe possibly up to 180 days, depending upon... Um, how many changes we're going to go through. And I said, okay, Mm -hmm. I want to let you know, I said, um, I want to go for the accuracy of the DB two. And I said, I know that was a very limited run, but that's what I'm looking for. And he said, no problem. Uh, he had quoted me five grand, um, to, to sculpt it at the time I had the money. Um, I was going to move forward with it. Um, I'm not going to name names, but I had told like a, a friend of mine who that was in the hobby at the time that had come down. I said, hey, might have Dennis Spectrum work on something for us. And we're right now. I even asked Dennis. I said, do you mind if I call it the DB3? And he goes, no, I wouldn't mind that at all. I said, do you mind if I open this up to make it unlimited? He goes, no. He goes, you're, you're hiring me. He goes, I'm going to mold it. Um, we're going to schedule a time. He goes, I don't ship these things. You're going to come out to my shop uh, out west. And so I was gonna have to get on a plane, <laughs> uh, fly out there, <laughs> fly out there, rent a car, and drive it back, you know, uh, cross country. And That's so, crazy. I know. So I'm I'm looking at an extra <laughs> an extra five hundred bucks probably to a thousand dollars and and travel expense, um, at least. So, but at the same time, I was like, well, I'm gonna get a fucking DB3 out of this thing. I mean uh this'll this'll basically this this will be my grail piece you know this will be it so um but anyway i told this friend about what had happened uh what was going on cuz i was excited as fuck and he oh, ma- yeah. he made a mistake by telling one other person one other person told another person another person told another person before oh. it- before long, somebody had PM'd Dennis on the site and said, Hey, is it true that you're going to be working with Chris Morgan doing a DB3? Dennis called me pissed. He's like, Look, man, I don't take on projects like this. I'm doing it for you because of the respect. He goes. Now, other people know about it. He goes. I thought we were going to keep this hush and kind of release it together. I said, Hey, I told one person. He goes. You told one person too many, you know. And he said, Unfortunately, he goes. I'm going to have to probably bow out for now, but contact me again in the future, and we can work something out. So that's the nugget I'm dropping. There was almost a DB3 Uh-oh. under under the WMP, but because of this friend, which I'm really no longer friends with. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: Kinda, yeah, kinda I'd, I'd hate them
1: <laughs> myself.
0: I hate them, and I don't even know
1: what it is. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So, yeah, that's 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 what happened. But uh, there was there was eight DB twos made, correct?
0: Yeah, there was eight, and then they actually made. Um, he had the DB Kirk as well, which uh, they originally only released eight. There was a total of twelve made. Um, so they 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 offered the first eight with the to to pair along with the DB two. And he saved the, the final four for, um, like the, for the Kirks um, to save it for, uh, you know, he could finish it at his own discretion. And um, then he ended up releasing it after the, the medley Kirk um, was uh, unearthed, um, which, uh, which was like a, a, a gifted copy um, from Bill Malone to this couple and, uh, that were friends with him. And it had like sharper sideburns, a better hairline. So he kind of adjusted the final four to reflect those. So it's not exactly the same as the original D.B. Kirk's. But uh, yeah, there was, there was a total 12 D.B. Kirk's made.
1: I'm pretty sure that uh, Kevin King had uh, number 12 for a while.
0: The final four are like the, the, the bigger grails, definitely. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm jealous.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think he he, uh, he had paid somewhere around 1300 bucks for his, if I'm not mistaken.
0: That's a good price because uh, I've, seen, I've seen a couple go up in the last like few years, and it seems like the going rate's around two grand nowadays for him. So uh, it's definitely, definitely up there. And
1: I, I don't know if Kevin sold it or not, but I, I know he was looking for a potential buyer at one point. I don't know if he did. Uh, he could still have it. I have no idea. So if anybody's looking for a DB2, though, if he still has it, you know, make him an offer.
0: Well, that's, I might have to. I, uh, there was actually a, a DB2 went up on eBay, like I think back in October. And uh, I was flirting with buying it. Uh, it. It was, you know, it wasn't a bad price and it ended up, uh, but it, it had been converted to, a, to an H2. And I just, uh, yeah. I don't know. I didn't like the look. It, it's not an H2 mask. Uh, you know, I, I I didn't like the look of it. So I, I kind of, you know, I backed off and it sold and now I'm kicking myself because I could have just easily had it re redone back to H1, but that'll, uh, that'll, that'll be one of my great uh, collection uh, regrets.
1: Yeah, we, we all have them. <sighs> yep. We all have them. Um, what about the rumor and innuendo that's out there that uh, Dennis Beckstrom recasted one of Justin Mabry's masks to make the DB2? Had you heard that?
0: I had not heard that before.
1: Have you ever seen the uh, the Myers origin, which there's a lot of inaccuracies in there, but anyway, the My- the Myers chart, uh, that Kaizu made that supposedly laid out where every piece had ever originated from.
0: Yes. I've seen the, I've seen the, the, the chart itself. Yeah.
1: Okay. So on the chart, there's a, I want to say, and I'm sure I'll get corrected if I'm wrong, but I'm sure I'm pretty <laughs> sure that there's a picture of the nightmare man, 78. And then there's like a line next to it. And it says Dennis, Dennis Beckstrom too. And I'm going, no way. <laughs> he, it looks it looks nothing like it. First of all, you know, but there's there, there's no way.
0: I can't imagine just just from reading his words about the passion he had for the project and everything, and uh, I I just can't imagine that.
1: I can't either. I it and and the, and the thing is, is he's he sculpted so many other things. It's like you know he he was actually um, going to be one of the first people doing the molded in hairlines uh, Myers mask for Don post studios um, that actually looked really good in, in wed clay. Um, but problem is, is um, Dennis gave me the story when he and I were chatting that he was saying something like there was a disagreement between him and what they wanted versus what he delivered. And, you know, they wanted it to be something I, I, I forget exactly. So I'm I'm not going to spend a lot of time trying to speculate what he said uh, at this point. Cause I do not recall what he said, but uh, it, it was something along those lines. It was a disagreement, but they ended up uh, firing him, bringing on another sculptor. And this was um, like I said, this was the, the PMG molded hairlined, uh, Walgreens mask that ended up coming out started out from, <laughs> as a Dennis Spectrum sculpt and then turned it, it turned into a just a flaming pile of shit.
0: Wow, that's so unfortunate.
1: Yeah, all uh. over, all over ego, pissing contest.
0: Uh, hearing about all these like coulda bins is just like killing me right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you know he, he's he's really hard. I mean, you know because you went and tried to find information on him, but he is one of the hardest people to find information on. And did you know that he worked on, um, he did something here and I'm pulling it up now. Um, it's actually on IMDB, but I tried, um, while I'm looking that up, I tried, um, reaching out to the email address that I had from when he was trying to get into the board. Um, and i reached out to that which i showed you be before this yeah. and uh it bounced no good so um i can't even um i can't even find any information on him outside of um just this one little thing he did for uh batman dead end um it was a it was a it was a short uh like fan film you can find it on youtube actually but it, they actually got uh, IMDB credit, but he did the special effects for that.
0: I see. Uh, when I saw his name pop up on IMDb, I didn't even click because I was like, "Oh, it must be a different Dennis spectrum
1: No, it was actually him. I, I remember. <laughs> I remember him talking to me about it at one point, and I was like, "Yeah, what, what did he do?" And that's when I was Google searching him, and that popped up on IMDb, and I said, ah, "That's right. He had something to do with Batman. You know, like some Batman uh-huh. fan film." So, but yeah, outside yeah, of it's that, unbelievable really... Go ahead.
0: Yeah, I was I was trying to I was trying to get like a you know some some background information just on him on him just to you know kind of proceed talking about the DB two and it's like it's it's impossible.
1: Yeah, my my goal initially, um, just because there's really not a lot of information, was to actually try to hope hopefully that he would come on the show and be a guest.
0: And yeah, he that would have been amazing.
1: It would have been fantastic, and we still may do that one day. You know, maybe somebody that listens to this has contact with them and say, Hey man, they did a whole episode on you, paid you a lot of props and who knows, maybe he'll he'll send me a message and say, Man, you're still talking about that D B three, what the hell? You know, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> who knows? But at this point, I mean it's been seven, eight years, so it's like at this point, who cares? I mean it's not the project's yeah. the project's not gonna happen. So I'm talking about something in past tense that was going to happen. So
0: Man, that is so unfortunate. Uh.
1: But uh, yeah, we had we had no voicemails, um, which was kind of weird. How so many people wanted to know about this subject but didn't ask any questions. So, um, do you want to be the voice of the voiceless forum? Do you have anything prepared or?
0: Uh, yeah, actually, I have a, I have a few questions. Um, I know around the time the mass came out, it was around two thousand six, two thousand seven. Um, I know you were kind of on a hiatus from the hobby. Yeah. Um, what, when you, when you first saw the DB2, what, what kind of was your, uh, your impression of that? Well, it's, it's funny
1: you bring that up. I was out from 04 to 07. Um, and it was, a lot of it was because of the MMP drama, uh, with, it just kind of soured me completely. And I had to get away and I was doing spring break and stuff at the time. So I was partying and drinking and that I was like, man, I got to take a break from this shit. So, um, but when I came back, it was because, um, HG was, uh, starting to convert, uh, nightmares and stuff. And I saw the number five and my jaw hit the floor and I was like, holy shit, man. You know, Myers masks have come a long way since the Sam Hain. You know, so, um, so when I come when I come back, there was always all this talk about the DB two going on, and I I saw it, and when I saw it, I was like, "Holy shit, that looks good!" But why is it a Kirk? <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> why isn't it sculpted as as a Myers? Who's who's going to want a Kirk? I mean, I had known that there was that that the conversion by this point it was widely known by the early two thousands. Like, what what was made, but. I was like, yeah, couldn't he have just sculpted everything as a Kirk and then just sculpted out the eyes and molded it like that so nobody had to convert it? But, you know, I understand after reading everything about during that time what he was trying to achieve, I understand what he was trying to do. So, uh, but, yeah, I was I was a big fan of it and still am to this day.
0: Now, what exactly do you think that the mask, maybe something that it nails that other masks haven't quite captured,
1: um god where where do i begin um i th- i think the cheek i think the cheek hooks are are spot on um i really like the mouth structure and i also like the wishbone jawline um and since he did not use a life cast to do this he did everything ground up um to get that right Um, first of all, is very hard, even with a life cast and that's already in there, but you got to structure it in a slight way to get it perfect. But the fact that he did it ground up, uh, was very, very impressive. Uh, the next thing, uh, which told me that that chart was bullshit. Um, I'm throwing the bullshit card in the ring here, um, that the ears on it. Reminded me identical of some of the like the closet scene in h one and uh the phone scene in h one so I knew that he had had um, really put a lot of reference thought into the way they were kind of slightly tilted back and the shape of them and if you If you look at a nightmare slash nightmare man seventy eight same mask um, but if you look at that and you look at the at the ear shape they're kind of warped in a way. Like they kind of bow out and then kick back towards the back of the, the, the back of the skull. And instead of rotate, hmm. instead of rotating back, like a original Kirk does, they stand vertical. And so when you look at the DB two, the ears do not resemble a nightmare at all. So that's how I knew that that little chart was bullshit.
0: Yeah. I mean, he, he really, uh, he drove home the fact that he wouldn't personalize any of these or, or alter. They were all exactly the same because he said he studied everything, every single detail. He said the eyes, the eye cuts are, are exact as they were. He said everything. So he refused to do it other, any other kind of finish other than like the unworn, pristine, first day of filming kind of finish on it, which uh, I thought really stood out to me. Yeah, but, absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, so in, in the hierarchy of masks, where do you, where do you think this mask ranks for you as far as, uh, most accurate Myers replicas?
1: Um, I think it's right up there. There's a, there's a copy and uh, I don't know who owns it or who owned, I, I knew who owned it at the time, but I'm not going to mention them on, on the air because I don't want to give them the airtime, but, uh, there's a, there's a cop, there was a copy that I saw that was redone that uh, that looked really good. And I was like, that was the copy that I said, okay, that hits the chord for me. Um, so I think it's up there uh, for an original sculpt. For me, it's definitely top three. But uh, when you go from like a straight on 100% accuracy standpoint, yeah, I mean, I can nitpick about the, the ear shapes and all that stuff. But for me it's still the nightmare for, for me just because it's like when that thing's properly converted, there's no doubt that that's the original mask. Like that's the original Kirk that's in there. Um, so I mean, that's just where I stand. I mean, everybody has their own opinion. It's so subjective, but it's definitely top three for me.
0: I'd absolutely agree with that as like when you see a perfectly like a, a, a copy that was cared for properly, and converted really well, I think. I think it pulls off looks as far as masks go that that no other mask could even pull off. I think it 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 just looks like the hero if you just saw it sitting there on set back in 1978.
1: I agree. Uh, ha- have you ever seen it worn?
0: I actually have not seen a single. Worn of that mask, actually,
1: I haven't either. So that's what I was saying. If <laughs> if you did, please share it. I, I I've never
0: seen one, uh, even way back I, in the day. I would love to, but it seems like most people kind of realize what they got, and uh, it's it's mainly a, a display piece only. If anyone out there has a worn shot, please share. I would love to see it because I can only imagine what kind of looks you can pull off.
1: I agree. Um, I know that there was a there was a gentleman on uh, the boards back in the day that would be getting like rare pieces and he would throw them on and take pictures and it gave a new perspective to the mass. So, like I said, I, I have never seen a worn copy, but I would love to see it. So um, hopefully if there's one out there, someone can hunt it down somewhere.
0: Now, now I know what I'm doing the rest of my night trying to yeah. find one. There you go. If if you do <laughs> yeah. that, man. uh you
1: you will be a hero in a lot of people's eyes for sure. <laughs> all right, what else you got?
0: Um that's pretty much it. That that's uh that's all I could think of.
1: Okay. Do you have any closing thoughts or anything on the subject of the of the DB2?
0: Uh I think that This mask is one of, you know, I think, I know the term the grail gets really thrown around super often in this hobby.
1: I think this is one
0: of the, (laughs) (laughs) that's my favorite one. Um, But I think that this is one of those masks that maybe out of, I would say maybe there's five masks that I'd really, really, really consider a grail mask in the hobby. And I think this is right at the top of them. Um, It's one of the only masks where, you know, I can really understand the price based on how limited it is. And I just really think that um, it was important for us to do this episode to really highlight the passion that really went into this project. And from researching it, it it really blew me away and really makes me kick myself for not buying that DV 2 a few months back. But um, I think that this mask really might be as close to the actual thing as we could possibly get, especially when you hear that guys like Bill Malone and Rob Tharp really said that that was dead on a 75 Kirk. I think, I mean, this thing is as good as it gets in the hobby.
1: Um, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I know that the Tharps do work from time to time on like, um, some silver shamrock masks. They'll repaint and redo Kirk's, um, still to this day. And I know that their, their information and getting in contact with them is, is really hard to come by. It's one of those, um, you know, fire three shots in the air. Some of the invisible swordsmen all that stuff. It's the it's very much so. So, um, for anyone that has contact with them, if somebody knows how to get get with them and get in touch with Dennis, uh, I know I would love to catch up with them and maybe really revisit a new DB two episode, but just call it the Dennis Beckstrom episode and uh, try to get him on as a guest and. Um, do an interview with him, you know, about his career. I mean, because he's done a lot more than just that. Maybe uh, get some insider information from Don Post Studios. I think that would be really, really cool. Um, yeah. That'd be awesome. And just see what he might um, want want to do. I mean, if he would, he'd probably say, "I don't even want to talk about any of it at all," and that's that's his that's his uh, prerogative. Didn't you reach out to him in in some way and see if you might be able to? get a response
0: and
1: what was your love I with did
0: uh, I unfortunately did not hear back from him because I was really I was really hoping we could get an interview um just because I'm super curious as a collector to just learn more about him um I love you know figuring out history of the artist and you know stuff you really can't find on the internet about what really went into this project because you know that that cardi included with the masks it's only a few paragraphs long and I know I'm sure there's a lot of stories that went into just creating this one mask alone in two and a half years. So I was really uh, hoping I reached out and, uh, unfortunately he didn't get back to me.
1: Did he ever read it or no?
0: Um, no, it was unread.
1: So yeah, he, he may be just off the grid completely and said, screw it. You know, uh, I know, I know he's a pretty private guy. So, um, that that could be it, you know.
0: Yeah, he just kind of went underground, which you know, sometimes that's that's what people want to do.
1: Sometimes I've, I I want to go underground and <laughs> I keep getting brought back.
0: <laughs> well, you got to you got to spread the 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 word to the masses. We need this this podcast is big for this community, and we definitely thank you for taking it on.
1: Oh yeah, I definitely appreciate the support. It's definitely been fun. I've uh, been real happy with uh people that are tuning in, some of the nice messages that I've gotten over the last few weeks and you know, it's it's really cool. You know, it's um it's definitely something I didn't see a year and a half ago doing a podcast solely on this series, but like I said, you know, when that, uh, when that Halloween 2018 eight week kickoff happened and every episode was about that, um, it really, it really, uh, I mean, we started getting a lot of voice takes. We started really getting a lot of interaction and a lot of downloads and I thought it was huge. You know, it's really made me go, Hmm, you know, maybe there's something here that I haven't tapped into and you know to to be honest um i like horror i like watching other franchises i'll watch anything out there but my passion is halloween and no matter how much bullshit happens um in in our side of the world uh no matter what i'm always very passionate about the character about the about the masks um and if you're really passionate about something you want to talk about it you know so I always felt like, hey, if I'm going to go out and I'm going to do another podcast, I'm you know I I'm also passionate about football, but there's so many football podcasts out there that I listen to, and I'm like, I would just be dime a dozen at that point. You know, what's the yeah. point? What's the point? You know, and what am I going to do? I'm not one of those guys that likes to sit down and break down and watch film and break down every play and what went wrong, what they should have done. I mean, there's ten podcasts that's dedicated to that and that's not me so for me it's like doing something like this because you know we see it in groups all the time where people are asking a lot of questions about a lot of different things I'm like you know it'd be nice to put that in a in a podcast form and I already I'm already doing something similar to that so why not just turn this into something that will be educational not only for the fan base of Halloween but for people that are on the collecting world that want to know more that are just coming into this world. And then through this format um, introduce the, the Halloween fan base into the independent collectors world too.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely a great idea and I, I'm excited to, about where this podcast could really go. Cause I know I'm guilty of it getting, you know, when you get caught up in the, in the mask scene, you almost stop looking at the movies as movies and you just start looking at them as masks. And um it it was definitely refreshing with the with the build up to the new Halloween to really focus on the films and get excited about the possibilities and everything like that. And that I feel like that really woke up like the, the passion in me that kinda was gotten dormant over the last few years and uh so I'm I'm definitely excited to, to hear talk about the films and maybe even break down old films and stuff like that to really uh to really Get back to the root of Halloween and not just, you know, the, the independent mass scene and whatnot. Um, but
1: before we jump off, um, I just want to go ahead and run down our social media channels and uh, ways that you can get yourself some uh, unleashed merchandise. There's a lot of people out there that's that's picking up stickers and shirts and uh, posters and just different things and again i want to throw out a little shout out and thank you to my friend ryan hogel who branded all of this who who does all the fantastic graphics that you see and that has really um turned up the volume on our merchandise and our branding of the podcast to make this something extremely special so just want to go ahead and throw a shout out to him. But if you want to go over and get yourself a, a sticker, um, a phone case, a notepad, a coffee mug, traveler's mug, a poster shirt, anything like that, you go to TEE, and that's T, public, one word, dot com, forward slash user, forward slash ChrisM1229. Uh, if you want to follow along and subscribe to our podcast page, you can do that in any um, podcast platform that you have. You know, We're on Spotify. We're on Google Play. We're on iTunes. Um, we are on Breaker. We are on Podbean. What, whatever it is that you want to listen to us through, um, you can do that. But if you want to go to our podcast page and subscribe there, which uh lots of people have you go to anchor.fm forward slash halloween unleashed and if you want to join our facebook page it is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash halloween unleashed and uh you can go up into the facebook search bar and type in halloween unleashed the podcast uh click the join we let uh, pretty much everybody in and um you know, come come join us and have a good time. Uh, next week we're going to put the polls up of what you want to hear, but do not forget about Throwback Thursday on the twenty fourth of January, which will be covering the Don Post ninety eight ninety nine Kirk. We appreciate you. We appreciate uh, everything that you're doing to help make this podcast and the numbers growing each and every single week. And uh, my name is Chris Morgan, and we will talk to you next week on whatever this subject matter may be voted on. Have a good week.